Welcome to Expat Views on ADR Eva, a podcast about simplifying the traditional African method of selling disputes or the appropriate dispute resolution ADR in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with mediation, peaceful resolution, arbitration, collaborative law, restorative justice, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. My name is Chiwen Ebonike, postdoctoral fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom, and the fellow of the American Bar Association section of this resolution mediation committee. I am excited to welcome Professor Cheryl Fairbanks to the EVA podcast show. She is a tribal judge and works in the area of Indian law as an attorney and tribal court of appeals justice. Um, she is the co-director of the University of New Mexico's um, Native American Budget and Policy Institute. Prof also worked as a senior policy analyst with the New Mexico Office of Indian Affairs in the area of state tribal relations. Her publications include Indigenous Justice as a Concept in American Jurisprudence, amongst other books she has written and co-authored as well. Um, Professor Fairbanks wears many hats, so I've left the links to her profile below. Welcome to the show, Prof. Let me stop sharing now. Thank you. Um, some thank you. Waiting, sorry. Michael Foster, yeah, I think. So let me admit him. Oh, welcome, Prof. Sorry. Okay. Hi. So we um oh, hi, hello Michael can you can you hear me? Okay, so Prof, let me quickly um go, go straight to the question. Like I I told you earlier um Rhonda, we had um this um system we have we still have this this system of them settling disputes um that's the um. Um, traditional African method of selling disputes or indigenous methods, like we call it, um, which is rooted on um, peacemaking, um, amicable um, ways of settling dispute within the community. So this is um, similar to um, the indige indigenous uh, methods in New Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, I wanted to, um, I want to have um, a, you know, an overview on the history of your own um, indigenous indigenous method of settling disputes in New Mexico. Okay, and thank you very much. Um, it's good to see you again. Same here. And, uh, yes. Um, I think it's very nice when you meet in person, so that when we zoom, we kind of know each other. Yeah. And uh, uh, thank you. Um. Uh, uh, I'm Cheryl Fairbanks, and I'm Klingit Simpson from Alaska. Yeah. And I work in the area of indigenous peacemaking, um, which is our our way, our old way of of settling disputes. And we've always used this. Sometimes it's called something different in our own native language, but um, it's a way that a way of life, if you will, based on our own tribal values um, and also to to make sure that we we are living next door to each other and we have this continuing relationship that we have to preserve 
and and so um i learned it from my grandmother who was the matriarch of the Taquanadi people the raven people and uh she was clinget uh Indian, Native American from Alaska, mm -hmm. and she was um, also Russian Finn, but she only spoke Klingit. And so um, a, a lot of times when it's done in your own language, yeah. you have the inherent rules kind of built in. And so, um, uh, and then later on, of course, um, I, I, am schooled in American education. And at law school, we used American jurisprudence, which is far different than hmm. the peacemaking. And so we had to shift our thinking from that American adversarial, I win, you lose, to one that's more win-win and one that's more consensus and collaborative and um, uh, cooperative and and our main rule <clears throat> we don't have volumes of rules but our main rule is based on the rule of respect which which ties to all of our core values as tribal people and um but the rule of respect is kind of the dominating um rule or guideline we kind of call them guidelines um that that we use and so um it's evolved here in in what we've had to do as indigenous people as the native people yeah. of of north america is we've had to reaffirm it so in some some of the traditional um tribes that are sovereign and we're all sovereign separate sovereigns um they've maintained it through the years and some have not some have adopted the american jurisprudence so we're in the process of reaffirming that because of our high incarceration rate um and how we've you know we've been subjected to really harsh um uh policies by the federal government and that has had major historical trauma on us as a people. So we know that to get to a healing, to change behavior, we uh, we have to do something different. So it's really, it's old, it's from time immemorial, but we're in the process today of reaffirming that and how do we bring it into a contemporary context? Does that help? Oh yeah, thank you so very much. Um, like I said, it's sort of it's the, similar to what we have in Nigeria, and you know what you said about your native language. So, um, that's the same thing. When they are settling disputes, especially in the Igbo community, um, the Igwe or the chief we use um uses um our you know the um our tribal tongue in settling right. disputes and it communicates better and mm -hmm. you know it makes everything um the settlement weaker and easier because you know these um these people they understand what the norms or the right. um, the traditional norms are and you know it's better than um the the new method of settling dispute that's 
litigation and then the new ADR as well. So yeah, right. um, thank you so very much about that. So uh, hi, Michael. I... Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, Sorry um... that I wasn't able to answer earlier. <laughs> oh no, that's all right. I wanted to ask, is this the same um, way of settling this You're from New Mexico as well? No, actually, I'm from California. California. Um, I work with Cheryl, oh, um, okay. but um, I am, and I'm newly um, really in the process of ongoing learning about indigenous peacemaking okay. um, practices. And um, just as an FYI, my background is that I'm Okinawan and African-American and um, really learning about how peacemaking exists and, and really gaining a true understanding of what it means to decolonize my thinking. Okay. So today, this morning, as an example, I was listening to a very, very insightful young woman talk about peacemaking and the way that she described, especially the role of her native tongue, is that there are certain terminologies or certain ideas or principles that are captured in her language that do not translate to English. Yeah. Because English tends to be much more um, uh, polar, yes. right or wrong, whereas yes. her language is a lot more nuanced. Yeah. And there's shifting and flexibility. That, and that, to me, is capturing values and concepts that exist within cultural contexts. Yeah. And so yeah. to, to regain that understanding is to decolonize your language and thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so good to hear that, mm -hmm. um, that you're here to learn about indigenous method as well. And, you know, part of the the, the um, tongue, um, tribal tongue, is that most of the things we, they say in the tribal tongue that's Igbo, Igbo language, where I come from, it can't be translated in English. It, it can't, you know, it can't. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so yeah. All right, so Anne. Um, okay, I thought I saw Anne. Okay. Are Let's we see. expecting someone else, um, Pro? Because um, I saw um Anne. She was waiting, Anna? but I can't see her. Oh yeah, and she's our um, she's our law clerk, and she goes to Cooney Law School. Oh, okay. And she's from Mexico, and. Oh. She brings an indigenous um, uh, south of the border concept. So I, I like for her to, since she's my intern, I like for her to shadow what I do. And and she just is brilliant in terms of her thinking. So um, hopefully she'll be allowed to end. No, I've not seen, I've not seen her. I'm just looking at the participant. Okay, so let me um, carry on with the question for, and then we can wait for her to rejoin. Um, so, Prof, what do you think? Is this same um, indigenous method and um, the new ADR, that's the new um, alternative disputes or appropriate method of settling disputes we have in, in this modern day? I think that, um, you know, there's the restorative justice and the mediation, arbitration, um, and America looks at them as alternative. And I think you and I had this conversation where our indigenous, yours and mine, ours, is really a way of life and it's not an alternative. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, when we met with, uh, initially, um, everyone was saying, oh, it's new, restorative justice is new and all this. And yeah, there's a new element to it, um, a contemporary element. 
but I think it's important that that the world understand that is rooted in our indigenous principles yeah not you know and of course we're native american but we had to broaden our thinking in terms of those are peacemaking principles throughout the world that are ancient tested um principles that that work much better and and so reaffirming them and i think it took a while for restorative justice especially to to really acknowledge that that comes from indigenous um, uh, peoples, indigenous um, ways, indigenous values, and not the American jurisprudence so much. And so once we crossed that threshold, yeah. um, you know, we were kind of like, hey, we have to walk our talk in terms of walking this peace road. And so... I came up with this term of cousins, you know, we're all cousins and, yeah. and it's like, I love my cousins, but sometimes they drive me crazy. And sometimes we are in disagreement, but that at the end of the day, we still love each other. And so there's that beautiful interweave where we're learning from each other. And I think that's going to be an important part of American jurisprudence because because our society is so uh, into litigation and into an adversarial mindset, not everyone is open to this type of process. So there is a lot of resistance and there's even resistance within our own respective yeah. tribes in terms of, um, you know, like, oh, that's old, that's ancient. You know, we're in 2023 and we're beyond that kind of thing. But I think once um, everyone understands and sees the results and how positive they are and, and how we have to be able to work side by side. And I love this thing of peace begins with us individually and then to our family and our community, our tribe, our nation and and that's how we can have the ripple effects so that we're not bringing out guns and money and weapons and violence to in the name of peace. You know what I mean? It's so contradictory. Oh, yeah. Thank you so very much for that. So I think Anne has joined us. Okay. Hello, Anne. Hi, everyone. Good morning. I'm very sorry I couldn't join. I was having a lot of technical issues, so I had to join on my phone. But it's good to see you all. It's good to meet good you as well. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. Oh. <laughs> so before and, I... Yeah. So, um, uh, Anna... I was just going to have Anna kind of introduce herself. Yes, where she's yes. So it's about... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carry on, Anna. Anna. Um, I'm good. Thank you. Hi. So I'll introduce myself, right? Um, my name is Ana Puente Flores. I'm from Mexico City. I um, I grew up there. Um, my lineages are from the Otomi Nation, the Nahuatl Nation, the Purepecha Nation. And also my, and my another part of my family comes from Spain, Asturias. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the city and now I am, I live with my family in um in Queens in New York 
Okay. Um, and I go to law school. I'm going to start my second year of law school okay. next semester, this semester. That's about to begin in August. Wow. And thank you. And um, during the summer, I'm a law clerk for Justice uh, Fairbanks and, and working and collaborating with the Life Comes From It um, team. And I'm really interested in peacemaking because um, working with um, immigrant families in detention centers, um, I have seen a lot of the impacts of um, kind of institutionalization and marginalization and violence and how like the detention system kind of breaks people apart, how the immigration system like extracts stories from immigrants and asylum seekers. And in the process that sort of breaks up their notion of belonging, their culture, you know, their their values. Like I, I know um, Justice Fairbanks talks a lot about core values. And mm-hmm. I think that in the context of immigrant uh, asylum seekers, those core values sometimes get lost in the process of immigration. And so I think that that's kind of what also drew me to indigenous, you know, ways of peacemaking. Um, and now, in for instance, learning about how these processes in peacemaking can be an avenue to restorative justice, because ultimately what I saw in detention was that the lack of access to land uh, and that fostering kind of that displacement from Latin America into the U.S. and then communities here in the U.S. being marginalized and, you know, prosecuted and criminalized. Um, there's no spaces to remember, like, what our, our culture is. I mean, there's very few. Yeah, true. And I think with the system of racial capitalism and how, you know, immigrants are exploited, you know, in the in the labor force. Yeah. That often um, you know, means a lot of impact in their health, physical, spiritual, emotional, you know. So I think that that access to land can also come through peacemaking with other, you know, learning from the tribes here in the north, uh, and and how they're advocating for their sovereignty through peacemaking because ultimately I think what a lot of immigrants also want is that sovereignty because they're indigenous too. It's just that, you know, within the system, they're seen first as immigrants. And then if they're indigenous, that, that identity comes through, but it's not often uh, spoken at first, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that has a lot to do with the way of framing displacement, because if people are displaced from their homelands in Latin America, and they say they're indigenous, then they might have a, you know, uh, kind of claim to to some land, not here, but there, you know, yeah. and often that that like your cultural erasure is purposeful, because then it's easier to displace people. It's easier to, you know, say that, oh, they're they're criminals or they're, you know, they're yeah. illegal coming in. So I think that that connection with peacemaking and immigrants and indigenous people um it like that's the ideal way to deal with things you know rather than I guess going through a system that kind of extracts the stories of violence Mm -hmm. and turns them into like some sort of trophy you know which often happens in the context of immigrant immigration because the asylum the asylum process is kind of very reductive of people's stories and identities and I think that peacemaking is often more 
like bird's eye view of the you know of the context of the conflict of people where they're coming from the experience and I think that's very valuable but you know I'm still learning this is like very new to me but I yeah. often think that it's also very intuitive that yeah. it's also almost ingrained in our you know in our DNA in our memory yeah. how to be makers because at the end of the day when I when when I'm you know For instance, yesterday I was sitting in a sweat lodge with my brothers and sisters and relatives here that we we sweat. We go to these ceremonies of purification. Mm -hmm. That's peacemaking too. Like it's a circle. Everyone takes a chance to speak or pray, you know? Yeah. And that's like that's the memory that our ancestors left for us to follow yeah. like those ways. And though that restores us and brings that that memory back and brings that, you know, that way of doing things in a way that is in balance with everything else. So I often like what I'm realizing, too, is that anyone can be a peacemaker if there's that memory, you know, if that memory is restored, because that like that's just how it is. Like in if you see nature, like, it flows. you know, it's in balance. Yeah. You know, and ultimately, I think. Or I feel that peacemaking is about restoring balance. Hmm. Thank you so very much, Anna, for that um, great insights on indigenous method of settling disputes. So I wanted to ask um, Prof, what are the benefits associated with um, your, your own indigenous method of settling disputes? And has it enhanced access to justice? Um, I think some of the benefits are... Um, that the relationship is preserved mm. um and so not everything is i was doing a peacemaking and with a corporate entity and um rather than litigate they chose to do peacemaking and i think the cost of litigation now is so high yeah. if you could afford if you can afford justice you can buy justice and many of our people just can't afford it, you know? And so, um, uh, so there's the cost benefit um, and the preserving the relationship. And also I think you all hit on a, a real key um, point is that there, everyone, you know, peacemaking, everyone can be a peacemaker. Um, And there's a lot that we could do prior to litigation, prior to a formalized institutional process. And um, I think that uh, using it in all different kinds of forums, whether we're trying to move it more into the community base, so it's not just coming out of the courts. Um, and so um, it returns to what it originally was our way of life. And I think it's important, as you see on this call, with all the diverse um, uh, individuals here. I'm from a family, a huge family, um, and we're very open, you know, and because we're so huge. Um, but I think shifting our thinking in terms of like when you marry in or someone comes to your homeland, um, we saw it as a connection as the building of a relationship and learning from other cultures instead of this big imposition and when uh chief justice and i were traveling in the south pacific we were talking about with the native people there 
when the UK people came in, how did they feel about it? Um, uh, oh no, one of the uh, people was married, one of the sisters was married to someone from the UK. And I was very curious because, you know, of the relationship and the sovereignty. Um, and I said, well, how was that person received? And I was so surprised because it kind of aligned with my thinking in terms of, oh, well, we saw it as very beautiful. It connects the nations in a different way on a real governmental level. And then family, community level and cultural level um, is, is so profound, let alone the intellectual, spiritual wisdom that comes with the, the individuals. And that's such a shift from the way we look at it in America today in terms of a burdensome and, you know, send them back and they're an economic burden. And, you know, um, and so we have all this tension at our borders. And it's sad because I worry about the children because our children in America, in yeah. Indian, in Native America, our Native kids were taken away from us and we we're products of boarding school. And that has still impacted our families. It's going to take us a while to regain that balance um, of um, that institutional intrusion into our lives. And so, um, yeah, I, I think the, the benefits are profound. And one thing that I really like to focus on with my team when we're doing peacemaking is, yes, it's going to have a ripple effect and don't expect one peacemaking to be the answer for everything. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then two, that ripple effect may not be instant because we're an instant society and we want it now, you know, and there may be some instant remedies right up front that, that help. Like I was um, in a peacemaking where the apology was given and that was a big move because apologies are so important. But then there's the other piece of forgiveness and some people were not ready to forgive. And we had to talk about that in terms of, you don't wanna be attached to that, that yeah. energy of, of, um, of fighting and, and disagreement. And, and so they go hand in hand. But um, <clears throat> what I really had to focus on is sometimes it takes time and sometimes that ripple effect will be down the line a little, you know, and sure enough, you know, as time goes on, everyone's going, wow, yeah, people are talking to each other now. People mm -hmm. are, you know, instead of just having barriers and, and, and not talking, but I think the benefits are cost effective, building the relationship, preserving the relationship, and then the accessibility of everyone having a chance to speak. Mm -hmm. So we're all at the table usually, but often as tribal people, someone else has been speaking for us. And guess what? We can speak for ourselves. <laughs> and that's equity when we're, you know, and our voice being heard. Because we were just in a session yesterday where um, some non-Indians got really offended at what we were saying. Yeah. And I don't think they fully realized that, you know, we can agree to disagree, but with respect and our, 
our positions might not always align, but through the peacemaking process, we're able to clarify, 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 because not always one person doesn't have all the answers, but we build off of each other's um, ideas. And that's what makes a more solid remedy or resolution that we don't have to run around checking in on everyone and people own the resolution and they own it. So they're going to abide by it in a much um, with integrity, I guess. Well, thank you so very much. And um, I think one of the advantages as well is that it saves time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, I think we are running out of time already. So just one more minutes to go. So in a nutshell, um, what is um um the way forward for the mass advocacy of you know utilizing um um the indigenous method of settling disputes? How we you know how can we get more people involved? You know to use this uh, method as a first. Um, option rather than a second um, option? Well, I think we're having it, you know, like at the American Bar Association, it was yeah. really well received, I thought, yeah. you know, and that hasn't always been the case. So I think also getting it into our universities where, you know, Stanford is, is has a really good model. We're doing mm -hmm. it at Lewis and Clark. We've done it at the University of Michigan at UNM. So there's little pockets of what's happening. And I think, I think if we get it into the school system, um, so kids begin to do it as a way of life, exactly. then they don't have to go through the struggles we went through to rethink how we're, um, how we're, um, how we're handling situations. Um, and I think that, um, uh, working together like this oh i know what i was gonna say one circle at a time we can do it one circle at a time because yeah. there's a lot of power in the circle That's and nice. i've i've done peacemaking with federal state tribal judges that are very seasoned experienced and they could hear the theories behind it accept it and yeah 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 but once they got into the circle and experienced it themselves, the power of that circle, that shifted their thinking a lot more than just hearing it. So it's walking our talk, doing it one circle at a time, and, and that ripple effect will happen. And, you know, I know we're closing out, but I just really wanted to say, Ganesh Chish, thank you for including us. And to my colleagues, I just kind of invited them off the cuff to mm -hmm. listen and, and to participate. So gonna choose. Oh, thank you so very much, um, Prof. Um, indeed, this is a masterclass. I've learned um, quite a lot, the ripple effects in the circle. And um, of course, um, this method of dispute um, resolution had always been um, the main method of settling disputes in New Mexico and in America. Yeah, before colonization and all that happened so and, and that's the same thing with Nigeria um, particularly the Igbo society so thank you so very much for sharing your views um, Michael Anna Prof it's you know been interesting and wonderful having you you all on the show and you know um, and all the learnings you shared I'm so very grateful and I believe that potential users 
um, would embrace all we have said and opt for this uh, method of settling disputes, you know, as a first option rather than an alternative um, whenever the need arises. So thank you so very much. Um, yeah. Bye. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.